Hello, it's Astrid here, and I am lucky enough to be sitting in a dressing room with the actress Katie Manning, who's going to tell us all about her latest stage performance, uh, what show she is in, and uh, whether it's on tour, and a little bit about herself, because I'm sure you want to know all about her. Hello, Katie. Hello, Astrid. Now, I believe you're in the latest production, in Dickens' production, isn't it, of um, Death by Fatal Murder. I am indeed, yes, who's uh, new to me. Um, I know that Ian has had some very successful players going around England, but I've been living overseas for, well, 26, 27 odd years now. Um, so I, I've not encountered him before. So it was, I wanted to tour. I came back to England and I've done a, a lot of telly and um, I've done, I was doing a film when this came up so I was doing a night shoot and rehearsing in Lincoln during the day and uh, so I didn't read this play till the read through and um, (coughs) so when I started to read it suddenly went oh she's Welsh oh now she's a mad Scotsman and so it was it was a fascinating little read through and it's just been a delight working with all these wonderful actors you know David Callister and um, Michelle Hardwick and Nicola Weeks and Michael Porgoff and of course the wonderful, wonderful Richard Gibson. It's just been delightful and touring England again. Has it just started touring or have you been on this production for a while and what part do you play in it? It's almost over, darling, and so am I. I'm almost over. Because, you know, one does other things as well in terms of, you know, recordings when you get a day off. So I'm actually quite tired now, happily tired. No, the production, we've been doing this for some months now. Don't I, I don't do time, years, dates, nothing. So just a long time. Um, we've done a lot of places, none of which I can remember. <laughs> but every, but it's, it's a lovely play because it's... It's a gentle spoof. I mean, it's a murder mystery. There's a thriller. You know, you kind of a whodunit and all that going on. But, you know, instead of Miss Marple, you've got Miss Maple. And Inspector Pratt's a sort of a clouseau. He's bumbling and he gets everything wrong. And David's absolutely, David Callister is brilliant. Because I've noticed on tour that because David Callister has worked with Ian for so many years, everybody knows him. He has this huge fan base around, you know, the, the provinces. And very well earned too. He's absolutely terrific. And I've been doing a lot of um, one-woman shows, and my one-woman, Betty Davison. So working with actors is just such a treat. It really, really is. And you've been doing a Bette Davis, a one-woman show, have you? Tell us a little about that. Uh, it's a true story. Um, Betty Davis actually went to stay with this woman, some, I mean, without going into the reasons why, but there was a hotel strike on and one thing and another, and her daughter had just written this ghastly book um, called My Mother's Keeper, so she was kind of hiding from the press. And she goes to stay with this woman for one, maybe two nights, and ends up by staying a month. The husband leaves. The child starts to talk. Who's like four-year-old boy? Christopher starts to talk like Betty Davis, which does include some words which you perhaps wouldn't want your children to use. Um, and it's an absolutely beautiful story. And you actually see Betty out of her comfort zone. You know, you see her in McDonald's, and then the child gets lost on the beach. And you know, it was great. But it was just me playing seven people. You know, at one point there was four of me in a car. Um, and saying, so doing this play where I'm playing multiple characters again, it seems to be the way that my life goes. <laughs> and of course, a lot of our listeners will remember you in a, a very well-known uh, 
TV production of Doctor Who. I believe you played Joe Grant for some time. Tell us a little bit about that. And are you still recognised as Joe Grant? I was, yes, I played Joe Grant for three years and I worked actually with, we did the first sort of regeneration, so I worked with three of the, the first three doctors. Um, and yes, I'm still recognised, but only because, well, no, one gets recognised anyway, you know, the older fans kind of see and they think, oh yes, that looks like Katie, but like a 500 pound elephant has slept on her face, but it's the same face, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> It happens. You go to bed one night and you wake up one morning and you suddenly you're old. You go, what? When? when? Who? Anyway. Um. You're not old by any means. You can't say you're old, Katie. No way. Especially in those leather trousers you've got on right now. I know. It's very sad. It's a bit abfab, darling, but there we go. Um, Anyway, um, when I came, I was back in London and I got a call from, um, from Russell T. Davis to say, I want you to come back as... Joe Grant, 40 years on. So, of course, it was lovely working with Matt Smith and lovely Liz, Liz Sladen and to bring my character back after 40 years. Um, and it was brilliant. It was brilliantly written. It couldn't have been better. I mean, you know, by this time, Joe has been saving the planet. You know, she's chained herself to Robert Mugabe. She's been, you know, down the Yancey in a teacher. She's got 13 grandchildren and seven children, all named after where she kind of dropped them, you know. <laughs> It's absolutely delightful. And uh, so when I was doing a signing at the NEC on Sunday, my fan base is now starts at about like five and goes up to about 75. And so that's just incredible when you think about it, how many generations. It is. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? Now, tell us also, how did you end up in Australia? Because that's where you've just come from, isn't it? Australia and L.A. and uh, America to come back to England. How did you end up there? You married an Australian, I believe, wasn't it? No, not at all. I got that wrong, so do correct me. <laughs> um, Princess Smoking Hills is, is my nickname, you know. <laughs> Um, the reason I went to Australia, um, leaving a wonderful career here, absolutely. I mean, gosh, I was a lucky person. Um, but my children were born very prematurely, the twins. I have a boy and a girl, Georgie and JJ. And uh, without going into it, because we don't need to do that, but there was a lot of problems and uh, a lot of illness and hospitalization so I'd be like sleeping in a hospital and doing a show in the West End at night and then go so eventually because everything just they couldn't even fight a common cold and they said maybe you should try a warmer climate for six months and you know get them through some of this anyway long story short um, I ended up by going to Australia where I knew one person and it took a lot longer to get them well than I thought it would. Um, so I came back and they got really ill again, so I went back again. By this time, I'd sort of started to build a career in Australia. And I met my now partner, um, and uh, <laughs> Barry Crocker. So he was the first singer of Neighbours, the original singer of Neighbours. And he also played a, a character called Barry McKenzie, that um, was Barry Humphrey's first sort of journey into Dame Edna, because he played Dame Edna's son, Barry McKenzie. Um, and so, you know, life out there was great. And I, during that time, I went and lived in America for about five or six years. So I'd been sort of, you know, banging away around the universe and everything. And then lovely, lovely career. I had a 
did a lot of work in Australia. I had my own chat show over there on television. Oh, on TV, that was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was not lucky. So I'm talking to all these wonderful actors that I know, you know. Anyway, um, and I did a lot of fabulous um, plays out there. I got to play lots of wonderful parts at, you know, at the opera house and things like that. And I did a, suddenly started to make a lot of money doing cartoons because I do lots of voices, you see, and uh, which I shall try and resist doing now. My children say I can't even finish a sentence without suddenly going, <laughs> you know. Um, and I've just been back there actually to play a nine-month-old puppy dog. How do you do that? <laughs> well, you've got to get very excited because puppy dogs get very excited, and and when he, I mean, and I had to sort of dream like a dog and kind of you know pant like a dog and you know, be Feel silly when you suddenly, suddenly go <laughs> like that. And you think, what am I doing? You know, I'm a pensioner. Get a grip. <laughs> oh, I think you're amazing, Katie. Now, tell us now, when this production finishes, what are you going to do? Oh, before I move on, while you're in Australia, I believe you had a rather raunchy photograph taken with a dialect. Is that correct? That was way, way before I went to Australia. It was about four years after I'd been... It's one of those things you do that you do. When you're young. <laughs> yeah, you do it when you're young. And you never think, you know, back then you didn't have all the computer. And I did it about four years after I'd played um, the first lesbian on British television and a junkie. Hello. Um, so, and it, you know, truthfully, it was a very silly, bonkers, rebellious little thing that I did. Um, I was appearing in the West End at the time at the Apollo Theatre with Derek Nimmo, who was not terribly impressed with this. <laughs> but who knew? And of course, now it's just out there. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't. And I remember one little boy said, We got a picture of you and you've got no clothes on. And I said, I know I had to go and save the universe and I didn't have time to get dressed. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I think it's something to be proud of. Not everybody's done that. Let's be well, honest. If I hadn't done it, somebody else probably would have had a go, or not, as the case may be. Well, yeah, as I, I diverse there a little bit. Tell us what you're going to do next, then, Katie. Um, well, I've done a, a pilot with Derek Folds um, for a television series. Um, the movie should be coming out sometime after Christmas. Um, and because I've just, I've, I've moved again, um, and I'm now just kind of getting back into being home again. I also do uh, a lot of audios for Big Finish. I play a character called Iris Wildtime, who's a bonkers old baggage, um, who travels around in time and space in a number 22 Putney bus, and she likes a tipple, just as our Iris, oh, and she's ever so mouthy. And um, so I play her... And I do the Companion Chronicles, and I've actually we've been putting Joe and Iris Wildtime together, so I play both those characters. And I, I wrote and performed um, my own audio drama called Not a Well Woman, um, where I played 26 people. So we'll see if one of these multiple personalities of mine actually... <laughs> Um, the listeners could find out a little bit more about you on your website. Would you like to tell them about your website? Don't even think about going to my website. You will, Listen, 
I have just finally got somebody to do something with that. I don't, I'm very visually impaired. Um, I don't touch computers. I have no interest. I have huge interest in where they're going and what's going to happen with them. But for just generally, no, if you go up there, you'll think, you'll find out I've been married five times. I haven't even been married once yet. Um, but it will be being rectified. So I think in about two weeks' time, if you can go up onto my website, but I mean, you know, like Wikipedia and all, people just make stuff up. So I'm really looking forward. I will finally be <laughs> part of the now <laughs> thing. But I have, yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just don't have any interest in it. But finally, I've been forced. I'm sure they can find a little bit about you on the website somewhere, can't they? If they just put your name in Katie Manning, and all kinds of things come up, but not all of it's true, of course. Not all of it's true. Not all of it do you want to see. So, you know, take my advice. Give it a couple of weeks. Then you can go up there and everything will be up there and a lot more besides. So, Safe for the 2012. Just wait till 2012, listeners, eh? That's absolutely right, darling. And, and by then I shall start, you know, as I say, I can't see the screen or anything. And I, But it'll all be done and I will even be adding things to it and writing. But I do everything by hand. I even wrote my play by hand. Just amazing, because you would never think you have anything wrong with your eyes. They're so beautiful and large, and they're hazel, aren't they? Yes, and they see nothing. (laughs) I mean, you know, a little example, because the play I wrote has something... You know, I was standing in a street in L.A., and I said, I said... I said, isn't it amazing how people don't take responsibility? If it's not in their garden, they don't want to water it. That poor palm is like... So I took my bottle of water, and I was watering it, and this boy said, I don't think telegraph poles grow with water. (laughs) Um, That's, you know, I live in this little alternative world, and it's lovely here. It's lovely, but I'm close enough to see you. I have to say, Astrid is gorgeous too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you. And I wish you well with whatever you do and a great future. And don't leave UK. We love having you here. I'm never leaving here again. Absolutely not. Even if they throw me out, I'm still going to get back. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Oh, thank you so much, Astrid. Thank you.